Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, I'm Ryan. I'm Will. And I'm Ivan. And tonight we review episodes 9 and 10 of Survivor UK. This is a podcast where we watch reality TV, so you don't have to. Welcome to episode 23 of It's Just a Game. And welcome to episode 23 of It's Just a Game, the podcast where we watch reality TV so you don't have to. Can you believe it's episode 23, guys? I got confused there. I thought you meant episode 23 of Survivor. I was like, I've not watched that much. <laughs> it's been a really long one. <laughs> oh, it's a great 20, 23 is fab- fabulous. It's the, the first prime number since 19 and the first one called 27. So it's a good one. No, it's not. Hang on. 27? Absolutely not. 29? Ooh, it's a... Yeah. You're listening to Math with Ivan on BBC Radio 6. Lovely prime number. 27, obviously, three nines. But, I mean, part of the only reason why I did, I'm saying this is because last week I wanted to make an intro that goes, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22, and I forgot. And now we're <laughs> past that, so I'm too late for that. So here's me making the intro again, it I guess. It is a bit late, and it feels a bit late, Ryan. I think I think the, the, the impact, I would say, if I'm being fair, the impact has been slightly lessened by the fact that it isn't episode 22. <laughs> But, you know, you have your fun. Anything else you want to say about episode 22 while we're at it? I've said all I had to say here. Yeah. Now, um, we're back, like every week, to look at the best strategists and the luckiest winners, the hot goss and the dramatic feuds on your favourite reality TV shows. This week, we're back for more Survivor, and we're over halfway there as we look at episodes 9 and 10 of Survivor UK. And now every week I couldn't do this on my own. I'm joined by two cheeky lads. Number four free two. That's the number of voices in his head at any one time. Wilf. Hello, Wilf. <laughs> Hello. Before you ask. <laughs> How are you doing? I am good. Before you ask, I've got a really spicy tongue because you made me down cup of soup. <laughs> so, um, and it was spicy. What cup of soup is spicy? They're the most mild things in the world, aren't they? I put, I put pepper and chilli sauce in there, though. 
Okay, all right, fair enough. You've heard him. Also with us here today is number 299. That's how many steps this man's strategy on Survivor would include. Ivan, hello, Ivan. <laughs> hello, mate. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. It's been a good week. You've been having mm-hmm. a great weekend as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've been running some blood in the clock tower in a castle in Norfolk. It's felt a little bit like the traitors, and I did have a little bit of a panic attack as I approached the front door, but it was lovely. <laughs> Lots of very, very clever and funny people doing very, very nice social deduction. It was my idea of heaven. How cool. Now, as always, we're entering a spoiler zone. So if you haven't seen episodes one to 10 of Survivor UK and you don't want to be spoiled, go away and come back when you're done. If you have seen them, stay right here. Do not move. We've got a lot to discuss. And if you don't mind being spoiled, Ivan is back here to catch us up in his brand new segment. What's been going on, Ivan? Ivan, what's been going on, Ivan? I'm glad you asked, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you asked. Right. So, okay. Anything else you want to say there, mate, before I get started? Uh, No, I'm good, Ivan. How's your tongue, Wolf? I'm all right, Ivan. Good. Thanks very much, guys. (laughs) It's really great to have your support. So, with 11 players remaining, the tribes attempt to align into alliances once more, but they're interrupted by news of the merge. The names merging too into Kalena. And a reward task, an auction. Most players waste their money on a variety of tasty distractions. And Chris picks up two power-ups, the clue to an idol and an extra vote. Chris and Ash quickly find the idol. A small alliance plans to win the immunity challenge and get rid of Lee. The immunity task is a knees-up pot balance. After an hour, Lee wobbles out and the remaining players give the win to Doug. Back in the camp, Lee gets wind of the push for him and campaigns for Ashley. The question is, which alliance will get the numbers? The council gets tasty as Lee throws out insults such as Airhead Barbie and Curly Chris. But even such quick wit as this doesn't save him in the end. And Ash didn't play the immunity. Lee is gone. Episode 10. Ashley and... Uh, I say Ashley and Lee here, but clearly it's not. Ashley and Chris have completely lost the trust of the group after Lee revealed all their shit, even though everyone else was doing it too. The gang want to get rid of Chris and Ash, but they're aware of the idle threat, so they want to split the vote between them. The immunity challenge, meanwhile, is a cage grab dunk tank breath hold. We watch for 90 minutes in real time as semi-aquatic Pegfin wins immunity. <laughs> the eight-player alliance is united until Ashley appeals to Matthew about getting rid of a past player. Suggests she has the idol and they begin to consider other options. Nathan. A bunch of them pretend they'll go for Nathan. At the council, Chris places his idol protecting himself, but with alliance votes split between him, Ashley, and just the two for Nathan, it's Ashley who gets four and is booted. They convince nobody and now Chris is isolato. Let's be done. That was a great summary. Thank you so much, Ivan. You're now welcome. I want to take it back to the beginning of episode nine, because what we'd all been waiting for happens. Caliton and Lenena are no more. It all becomes probably the most original and imaginative name that people that have been stuck on an island for 20 days could come up with. Kalena. Uh, the merger now. Let's talk about this first, because obviously it's the overarching theme and it defines all the strategies we're going to see in episodes nine and ten. First thought on the merger. How did you feel about it? Vibes? Happy? Disappointed? What it's looking like? Tell us more, Wilf. There was one line that made me really excited. When Joel goes, you are no longer playing as two separate tribes. You're playing as individuals. And that just got me. That was a really strong line. And then 
just seeing them all just run around and it's turned into herd immunity, like herd, herd mentality again. Like, herd immunity. <laughs> herd immunity. <laughs> everyone back to the beginning, like, what's going on? Help. Like, it was just weird seeing everyone just scatter around. But it was really entertaining, though. Ivan, how did you feel about this this merge finally happening? Yeah, totally agree. Wonderful to watch them all scramble to get their alliance. Everything's completely forgotten. I mean, old, old kind of old alliances sort of stick, but it's fun watching them scrabble. But listen, it's all overshadowed by Kalena, and that brings me to my new recurring segment. Oh, no. Kalena's a lamer namer. In this recurring segment, we're <laughs> going to have a go at naming the new tribe because by balls will I let them give it the name Kalena? It's <laughs> like calling it Jedward. Just stop. So. <laughs> We'll take it in turns. I want you to all suggest a name uh, for the new tribe. And if it helps, you can think through the perspective of one of the players. So, for example, if Lee were still here, he might call it like Beach Boys 3000 or something. <laughs> right? So think think through, a ca- if you want to think through a character's name and then think what they would call it, that may help the uh, decision process. Oh, tough one. Well, do you want to go first? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You never do, so that's why you're going to go first. Shoot from the hip. Just start speaking and see what happens. Okay, I'm going to say... I'm going to go with Ivan's Ivan's one, Dugleg. I think Dugleg's a, Dugleg's a big one at the moment. <laughs> Dugleg tribe. Or, if Lee was still in, the boys, the lads, the firm, and others. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, I'm going to step in the shoes of um, Christopher, and I am going to name this Heaven. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, I'm going to call it. Uh, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Lawrence and call it uh, Cheek Cheeks. Yeah, naked cheek, cheeks. <laughs> cheek Cheeks tribe, um, or maybe Leilani, and just call it like El Dorado. <laughs> El Dorado is a place where you can do some yoga, some holistic remedies, yeah. and maybe get buried, buried neck down in sand and like sprinkled with lemon water or something. It's a lovely place, mm-hmm. El Dorado. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to give the win to Heaven. I think Heaven's a great name for a tribe. And it might encourage some, might encourage some kissing on the beach, which I would love to watch. I know. Between maybe Nathan and Doug. Yeah. Or, you know, reconcile them. Christopher and Lee just having, you know, like a cheeky kiss on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, we've talked about the merge. Uh, let's talk about the mad moves that are happening that lead to these two really big eliminations. And now let's start with episode nine. Christopher finally makes a move for Lee. And you know what? In this episode, I just had a s- sort of movement where I had to think. I mean, it's a bit weird because it all started just because Christopher was a bit annoyed that somebody dared to tell him off. But as I watched the episode, I started thinking, Christopher's onto something. Is he, and that's a debate for you guys, is Christopher really lucky or is he actually a mastermind of strategy? Well, who are we dealing with here? Wilf. Um, I think, I think Christopher's quite clever. I, I wouldn't, uh, in these games, there's always an ele- element of luck. I feel like he has been lucky in terms of he got the beach, um, the, the the towel, and it had the scroll in there, and he just happened to get um, to buy one as well. Like, and the thing is, he bought one, and then they were like, "It's the end of the auction now, buy!" And everyone's like, "Ah, oh, he's clever, and he's had a bit of luck at the same time." Ivan, what about you? Then are we dealing with a king of strategy, Ivan two or are we just dealing with a really lucky chap? 
the right time to do this move. I think the merge is a perfect time to get rid of Lee. You've got to separate it from the immunity idol, right? Because if you reveal you've got the immunity idol and use that as a as a sort of like a, a safety net to get rid of Lee, you've also got rid mm-hmm. of your idol. And as we know, the idol becomes super useful the next episode. But getting rid of Lee and uniting the tribe against him is a great opportunity to win favour with the group if done in an appealing way. As in, this gives us all a chance to win. Let's all do this together. The problem, actually, was not with the strategy, but the way Lee responded. And if he could have foreseen the fact that Lee would attack that viciously, the people who attacked him, he may have chosen for someone else to do that attack. So it's really hard to know. What I would say is that the things that Lee accused him and Ash of doing is what everyone was doing, which was forming alliances, trying to find the weak one, pick him off. It's literally the game. It's literally the game. I don't think they misplayed in terms of what they did before. I don't think he misplayed in what term, in, in terms of what they did there. And they did get rid of Lee. It was a bold move from him. I just think what he didn't do, and it's so, so hard to make, like, to choose to do this, he didn't do it likeably. Mm. Ryan, I can see you've got a strong opinion here. Yeah, come on, kick in. No, uh, that's the thing. I'm not sure. Like, I generally am starting to think Chris might actually be half decent a strategy. But then again, is it because he's been put in a much easier gameplay position? It's much easier to play the game when you're him and you've got these two advantages and mm. you've got a pretty solid alliance backing you at least for one episode. And where I think that perhaps he's not as good a strategist as we think is that he obviously by the end of the ninth episode, put a massive target on his back. Yeah. And had he not had the idol, episode 10, he was gone. This would have backfired quite heavily. So I'm wondering, you know, how much luck is involved there. I'm, I'm thinking there's a fair bit of luck there. He's clearly not as bad at this game as maybe I thought earlier on in the game, but he may not be winner of the year either. Well, I don't think... I, I personally think he made the wrong move getting rid of Lee so uh, like not so early on, but at this point, because Lee's the kind of person who's not very good at playing the game. So you want to keep him in for later on when it gets a bit more competitive because he he finds it harder to make alliances, right? Mm. So getting rid of Lee was probably something that's going to should have happened later on. Yeah. And so Lee just didn't defend himself in a way that was for me, it's about trying to be likable to mm. other people well and calling people names personal names like that's one thing i really don't like you know like if people don't like me just say i'm a dick because i'm a dick and don't accuse you're a dick you're a dick yeah yeah (laughs) i didn't like the way that he did it and that he he messed himself up because he could have saved himself okay who else would you have voted for if you're not going for lee right now i actually agree with you i think lee was the wrong choice because he's quite weak strategically meaning that he could have been taken out later down the line but if you're not getting rid of lee who are you getting rid of nathan same ivan would you get mm. rid do you think this was a mistake or nathan's nathan's a better call yeah nathan's a better call chris let his opinions about lee and his how much he liked lee get in the way of it nathan was a much better call at this point uh, mm-hmm. potentially doug um what i would say though about just picking up on something earlier is i think earning the idol is what empowered him to get rid of lee and then ended up him having to lose the idol. So in a way, it's on we're on a net zero sum here, where it's like he got the idol, he tried to get rid of Lee, everyone turned on him, and he you know has lost the idol. He's also lost his only ally, and is potentially going to mm. the next episode. So yeah. that's I don't think him. it's net zero actually. I think he's lost more because now he's lost his biggest ally, and he's lost the idol. So now he's at risk like everyone else, and he doesn't particularly shine shining challenges. I mean, I do think he's going home perhaps sooner than if he hadn't become the leader of the lions the man who was putting himself out there as uh, you know the shepherd leading the flock 
Yeah, the other interesting thing is I was kind of supporting Ashley in that whole situation because I was like, yeah, Ashley, let's get rid of Lee. That's fantastic. Not so keen on Chris, but like, you know, the fact that they were fighting against each other meant whatever happened, there was a good outcome. Yeah. It was interesting. Maybe it was the editing, but it was interesting to see that I was kind of rooting for them, not Lee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem with Lee is obviously he's quite a great in character and we saw him. And even to the end, as soon as we begin episode nine and we see the merged tribe, what he tries to do is from a boys alliance again. And I'm just like, no, mm. stop this. The boys alliance is not a thing. This is survivor. It's a mistake. It's a bad idea. At the same time, I do find Christopher quite grating. So the one I really feel for, and I'm really actually quite upset that she's gone is Ashley. I think Ashley was a good mm. player a good strategist, more discreet about it, you know? She just played the game better, and I think it's generally a big loss for the game. I think she had the... the I really liked Ashley as well. I think the, the worst decision she made was making an alliance with Christopher, because Christopher mm. had so many... There were so many reasons for people to turn on Christopher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trying to throw the challenge, trying to do this, and he's trying to... He's grating on people himself, himself as well. Yeah. So that was her worst decision, was like becoming friends with him and going with him because if if it all goes wrong she goes down too mm. yeah fully agree yeah yeah absolutely i think she could have been a, a really strong player in the game but you're right it's who you make friends with um and in the end that was a decision a decision she made and a mistake she made do, do you think we could ever see christopher making it to uh to the end then to the end of the game because the problem is as you've mentioned it's not just a gameplay he does have a personality that can be a bit grating for some of the other players you know clearly he's not popular with the whole tribe if quite a few people voted for him and that's potentially going to mean that when it comes to keeping a friend or keeping someone you may be like a bit less people are going to vote for him I don't think you can make it to the end because eight of the 10 people voted for either him or Ashley. And that was essentially a vote for them both. If it had been a 5v5 or a 6v4, then absolutely, I completely understand maybe him staying around for a few more weeks. As Mm. it is, even now, we don't know what happens next episode. Maybe something changes. Maybe someone really annoys everyone or something else. But, well, he can't win group over. So I I think personally, right, what's going to happen is Christopher now is is at the bottom of the bottom of the pile. I feel like he's the weakest player strategy wise. I don't think there's a way he can win because he's annoyed so many people. So, but people might keep him in just for the fact he's the easier vote later on, mm. and they might start hitting the stronger people like Doug and people that are at the top of the yeah. top of the chain. That's what I think could happen. So, would the best strategy right now for Chris to actually become, uh, you know, a guy in the background, a guy who accepts he's sort of a, another leader, sort of like loser of strategy, or at least portray that to others, because then he's not a threat anymore and people move on from him? He'll have to start from the outside. He'll absolutely have to start from zero. He'll have to pick his shots, just like he's always done, and be like, right, all of the next two days, we're going for Nathan. And he's going to have to try and win people over and do the blind side. He can't start being like, I'm so sorry, I've been a bad boy. He can't do that. He has to start, he has to do it in an aggressive way. And if he tries to like win his favour back by just being very nice to him and coconuts. Can I be honest? I see, like, this is my opinion. I see zero way of him making a new alliance. I just don't see it. Like, mm. I can't see it. From the episodes that I've been watching lately, right, the last, mm. last two, I can't see anybody fully trusting him at all. Anybody, like, you know, I just can't see him building a new alliance. I think- he does go on a massive charm offensive, you know, in the next episode. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't give his skin just yet. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he could still stay for a not the week or two. Well, we'll see. There's every chance he stays for a few more weeks, yeah. But I don't think he can... Well, maybe we'll see. Yeah, I'd love to see it. It'd be amazing if he does. Maybe he's a master of all strategy. He's done well so far. 
He's done really well. Now, I want to get back to Ashley in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the challenges. We've had two of the most iconic Survivor Challenges, by far some of my favorites. And I need to talk about them. First, the auction. Oh, my God. It's so good to see it back. It's such a good challenge. But they were all so nice about it. Like, it wasn't very aggressive. They were never bidding the maximum. Like, everyone, like, I don't know. Like, did you not want the beer and the steak? Like, what? I think Lee has never seen an auction before because I feel like Lee wanted people to spend money, but just kept going 400, 400. They're, they're in the like, yeah, go on then. You've got to go high, you got to go 2,000 immediately. Yeah, yeah, people like some people went up, but Lee, Lee, I don't think his strategy was great in the, in the, the auction. Um, I literally would have gave, given everything for the beer or the Nando's. I would have been like, yes, please. <laughs> The weirdest thing about this was that I saw some people, I don't think Tanuki placed, placed a single bid. Most people didn't had a lot of money left at the end. And they all, as I said in my recap, went for the distractions. I would have kept my powder dry until I saw the first thing I could bid on was mm. obviously a thing and just gone two and a half grand, done. Yeah. You can you can equal my bid, but you can't beat it. And like that's that's surely, surely what you have to do. I know they were dying to brush their teeth. I get that. But they must have known that would be at the end. The fact that the last bid, the last lot, went for seven hundred dollars was unbelievable. I know. For a scroll. That's insane. That is batshit. Come on, guys. You've seen Survivor before. The worst strategy ever. <laughs> Honestly, uh, yeah, that, that challenge, I mean, great fun, but they were just also nice about it. And then again, it's probably because they've had actually quite an easy and comfortable ride. Like they've got pillows, they've got rice and beans unlimited. Like that's probably why there was no reward challenge in episode 10. They had everything they needed on camp. What reward <laughs> are they going to give them? They've got to be on tab down there. They all went to a reward challenge. They offered them what they wanted. Like, nah, we're good. We're good. We'll just get back. <laughs> okay, forget about, forget about the, the, uh, scroll. Out of everything that was there, what would you have Max bid on? Great question. Oh, I want to say, like, in my heart, I want to say I would have known there was a, like, you know, scroll coming and I would have had to go for the scroll because in that game, yeah, it's so scroll, valuable. But, but <laughs> I'll be real. Now, knowing myself, I would have seen that Nando's on the table and I would have said, yeah, 2,500. And that would be, or to be fair, considering how the players played on this occasion, I probably could have gone for at least like three dishes, like a free course meal. Yeah. <laughs> Just bit on everything and win it all. I probably, I probably would have gone for the pot of coffee and the bacon sandwich. I don't love bacon mm. sandwiches, but it was the thing. And I loved that Lawrence started drinking the brown sauce. Like, yes, mate, that's calories. In the end, what was on that tray was a lot more calories than every other single thing. If I'm thinking about having energy for the next challenges, that's the only other thing that gives you a tactical advantage. I guess yeah. my only question then is, do you think when Joel prepared that afternoon tea prize, did he put the cream first or the jam first? Well, I don't know. Is he from Devon or Cornwall? It's a good question. Somebody, somebody look him up. Yeah, hashtag Devon or Cornwall, done it. So that was the first challenge, obviously. And then we get to that iconic challenge. Pegleg impressed me. He was incredible in that challenge where you have to hold the bars and try to basically not choke as you're waterboarding yourself. Like, that is insane. He made it. He could have spent another few hours in there. He was, like, in his element. It was incredible. I have so much respect for him after this. I do think, having seen this, he could actually be a strong contender. He could actually make it really far. Maybe I underestimated him. Well, Will didn't. Will picked him to win. I picked him to win. And I think, like I said, the last two weeks we've done this, him and Peg, like Doug and Pegleg 
I'm running the running it at the moment. Like I'm really confident, but I know that it's all going to flip on its head at some point. But at the moment, they are like the top top runners at the moment. I personally and Hannah. I don't think I'll flip on its head. Actually, Dog and Pegling have been quite good at being in the forefront, putting the strategies forward when they needed to, and then taking a step back, which means they haven't really exposed themselves in the same way as Christopher and Ashley did as, you know, the kingmakers, the people starting the strategy that needs to be taken down. Yeah, Dugleg, Dugleg, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Pegleg put himself forward for the blind side at the beginning of the last episode we saw, which was really strong, and then went and won the challenge that wasn't relevant anymore, which was quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> that challenge for me went on a little bit long. I liked it, but also I don't like the idea of drowning very much. That wasn't a very pleasurable watch for me. Um, you know, give me mud wrestling any day. But uh, yeah, no, it was good. I, I think I think um, Pegleg is finally getting to show his chops. Um, he, this was a strength for him, and I was really glad to see it. Uh, you feel proud when he wins a thing he just seems like the kind of guy you'd like to give a cuddle although perhaps once he's had a shower honestly it was it was okay like it wasn't a great watch i preferred the leg one the, the leg one with the with the jars at the end or whatever yeah. that was yeah okay well now welcome to my new recurring segment oh. how would you do when you're attached under the water holding onto these bars now you're gonna to need to bring yourself a towel and a bottle of water and i'm gonna waterboard you i'm gonna teach you how to waterboard right. yourself and we'll see how long you can last are you ready here yeah, we go i'm ready i've got my bottle <laughs> <laughs> and the oscar goes to ivan brett turns out the answer is cream first <laughs> <laughs> Renders are back. <laughs> can I just sorry? Can I just apologise to Joel? Actually, I, I'm Joel. I'm really sorry about that. Everyone else, don't give a shit. But I do apologise to Joel. <laughs> well, Joel, we, we apologise on behalf of uh, It's Just a Game Productions Limited. Uh, we're very sorry. <laughs> no, look, we we've talked on that a little bit, uh, but. Ashley and Chris being exposed as a clan leaders. I want to go back, take a step back for a second and just ask, uh, Ivan, as our lead, like chief strategy officer or CSO. Mm. Thank you for that. If you're Ashley and Chris and you start episode 10, having that power couple tag, even your friends are concerned at how powerful you've become. Do you have a target on your back you can't take off? Or is there a way you could come back from that? Is there a way you could manage to convince people actually you're not the ringleader, you're not that strong, and they don't need to vote you out? Or are you just doomed at that point? I don't know. I don't think you can do it without really hurting Tanuke's feelings because it seemed to be rounded on her. Like Lee used her as a popular person in the group. And the only way I would be able to do that is say, listen, this was what Lee was saying, but everyone was trying to find weakness. And in the mm -hmm. end, we didn't vote you out because we realised that was the wrong thing to do. Like, you can try to win her over, but it's a social game. There's nothing clever you can do about this apart from yeah. just try and backtrack and say, this was Lee being a piece of shit. That's literally the only way around <laughs> it. And to be fair, that is kind of what she tried. I think it's easier for Ashley to do that than for Chris to do that. In the end, I think it's just soft touch. I, I really, I mean, Will, anything more than I can do? Um, I don't think so. I feel like when you've got to, when you've become to a place of power, sometimes it's good to go under the radar and follow other people's lead for a bit. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would do. If I was in a position where I'm like, cool, I think everybody's starting to see that I'm playing the strategy really well. Let them take lead and me just follow them for a little bit. Cause then and make them feel in charge and make them feel. It's, like too, it's too, sorry. I interrupt you. It's too late for that. Now the thing is she's been exposed. The word is out. And everyone's mm. looking for someone to vote for. Uh, the only thing I can think of 
is to try to align and be like, yeah, do you know what? Let's get rid of Chris. I guess I've got to ask the same question a bit further down the line. Now, imagine you're at the end of episode 10. You're just about to get to tribal council. you got to bear in mind, Christopher's got an immunity idol and he's got an extra vote. Is there anything using these tools, these powers you could have done to save Ashley? Because I've been thinking about this and I think... Well, not really, because the best he could do is, you know, create a tie. And if he creates a tie, well, where do you go from there? Everyone's just going to vote for one or the other of them. Like, I don't know. Is there, like, could the two powers have changed anything? Or what would have would it have taken to change the outcome for Ashley? So what they could have done, um, she Ashley has a good relationship with him. She should have got him to vote for Nathan too. She Two votes, then Ashley's vote. And I'm pretty sure Nathan got... Two or three votes, two votes anyway. So if you add his vote and uh, make um, Christopher's two, that's four, and it would have been a tie. Even more than that, if you can flip one person to Nathan, that's three. Add the extra vote, that's four, and someone's getting four and three. So if Chris wanted to take the gamble and be like, they're voting three for me, then you give Ashley the immunity symbol, give yourself three votes, and then pump Nathan with four. That is mm-hmm. it. But what you're doing is taking a fifty percent chance on who they give three who they give three votes and who they give two votes. No, who they give four votes and who they give three votes to, and you're having to trust Matthew. But the, the, that is the way out of it. Of course, flip one person, use double vote. Yeah. I think, in my opinion, that was perhaps one of the mistakes. Instead of spending a lot of time trying to turn everyone to, you know feel the tide coming up against you, and just be like, oh yeah, let's see if I can turn like several people. They should just have gone all in, throw all the weapons, immunity necklace, extra vote, and just focus on turning one person. And Matthew is basically the weathercock. The man is just turning with the wind. They would have been really easy to turn him if they'd focus on just him, I reckon. Uh, they just worked him all night, and that could have changed the outcome dramatically. I'll tell you right now, Matthew is a dark horse. Is he? He's this Part of his strategy is, show, is being... I'm not a person who will turn coat and he'll vote for his, who he thinks voting. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's, he's playing the game really well. I think he's playing the middle ground. Everyone thinks, ah, oh, he's not too dangerous, but he's not too weak. He listens. He has opinions, whatever. I think he's, if he's playing that game, he's playing it really well. And I've seen a glimpse of it today. Um, when I was watching episode 10, he hasn't been shown too much either, which really like, whenever I see people not being shown much sometimes, I think, Either they didn't have much to say or things are going to change. He has never been in the conversation for elimination. He's never been knocked out as the strongest of any tribe. He's never led a vote. He also is clever enough never to have changed his vote for Ash. So whatever we're talking about with this strategy, you have to rely on him. And in the end, he would stick with the bigger group. I'm feeling pretty smug about my pick of him after first episode to win the entire show. Let me tell you guys, I'm pretty fucking good at this. You are pretty fucking good. Not bad. Now, actually, talking about dark horses, the other guy who I think might be a dark horse, and now hear me out, is Nathan. I'm starting to wonder, is Nathan, like, there's two possibilities. Arthur is actually, like, the most muscular guy, like, really strong and everything, but still really shit at challenges. Or he's been purposefully acting like maybe he's not that strong as challenges so he doesn't expose himself as a target because people are gonna be like oh stronger muscular guy he's a threat we've got to get rid of him immediately but they've moved away from that because they've seen well he's actually not winning much is this a strategy yeah. do you think i feel like it could be i reckon like he seems like he's, he'd be a good player 
if he has been throwing challenges, I think we'd hear him bragging about it in his um, pieces to camera. Mm. And we haven't heard him, actually, to be fair, we haven't heard him say anything to camera. <laughs> yeah. so, so I don't know what's going on there. Um, but I don't think that is the case. It'd be clever if it was. I don't think it's the case. Um, I feel, I don't, I don't think it's the case either. I think it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. I just don't think he, he's, he seems like he's, to be a personal trainer, He's got a tiny, you've got to have some sort of an ego, I think. And losing challenges on purpose would be hurting his ego over time. I think especially the one-on-one ones where he's doing gladiator stuff. I don't think he'd lose them on purpose. Okay, well, look, in that case, uh, we'll see where the game takes us. But I reckon Mason's got a chance. Machi could make it far. Dog and Pegleg could make it really far. And uh, Christopher is toast. Chris Dudfer, in a way. <laughs> Crispy fur. Crispy fur. Should we revisit those those uh, predictions then, as we always do each episode? So, Wilf, peg leg still in it. Well done. Uh, me, Matthew, still in it. Well done. Our midway predictions, Tanuke, Hannah and Doug, all still rocking and rolling. Hannah was swayed by Lee, but that's okay. That ended mm. up being all right. Seems like she's all right. But who's strongest right now? Uh, it's me, in it? With my Matthew and Tanuke picks, right? I'm winning. Um, yeah. No, I don't think Matthew yet. We haven't seen the strength of Matthew, but I think Tanuke, yeah. But then my picks, Pegleg and Hannah, I think they're doing all right. I think they're they're not like Pegleg's in. in I think he's second in the running at the moment, like right. in terms of power in the tribe. Um, and I think Hannah's, yeah, she's probably sixth or something like that, seventh probably actually. And then Ryan still got Doug. I mean, you just can't bet against Doug at this point. He's doing, he's uh, such a lovely You can't bet against Doug. He's doing well. I know. He's doing really well. Uh, do you know what I liked about Doug? You know, when he said uh, about not being friends, there was, and he was like, no, I don't ever think I'm not your friend. Like, even because he's mm. like, I'm going to backstab you at some point, but I am your friend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> So nice. Well, we'll visit it next week, even though Ryan doesn't want us to, because I find it interesting, and I'm one third of this podcast. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you just want to, you just want to remind everyone every week that you've made the right prediction. Well, I, I haven't necessarily. I haven't seen the end, pal. You could win this. Uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, let's be back next week then to find out who's right, who's wrong. What is it? The final. Yeah, final next week. No, it's no. not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's only just over halfway, pal. We've got another three weeks, I think. And we've got another three weeks to go. Imagine that, just Lee on the jewellery uh, with Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> with, like, two other people. It's like, what? It's what they did on Big Brother. They were like, it fell about four weeks in, and there were, like, 15 people left. Right, this is the final week. Let's get rid of all of them every day. It's just, yeah, <laughs> ran out of time. No, we do have three weeks to go, and I think there'll be three very exciting weeks. If there's one thing we can say about Survivor UK is that the ante has really come up. These have been two really good episodes, in my view, and I can't wait to see the rest of it. Yeah, I think six and seven, no, five and six were good. Nine and ten have been exquisite. Yeah, very, very good. And I think 11 will be strong. They did a lot of gameplay and a lot of strategy, like, and that's something that, I think was lacking at the beginning and now everybody's jumping on that bandwagon and it's just... It's finally the survivor I'm used to. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciated playing around the idol, especially in this episode. And episode nine was just a big, big, chunky uh, um, tribal council with loads of accusations. That felt good too. It was it was good. It was tense. Yeah, I preferred nine to ten, but they were both good. No, honestly, yeah, it's been, it's been really strong. Uh, now, let's be back next week then to discuss more of that. If you like the podcast, follow us on social media at it's just a game podcast. Give us a five star review. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a hand. 
but uh, yeah, my name is Ryan. Uh, you can follow me at Quid Game. It's like Squid Game with uh, with the Channel Five budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can follow me at. Oh my god, are you two ninety nine from Squid Game? Yeah, how did you know? <laughs> You can follow me at Squid Squid Game, where we see which contestants the most squishy when you apply pressure to them. <laughs> and from all of us here, is see you next week and goodbye. Bye bye. Good morning, driver. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.